I want to tell you a story that I heard a few years ago. Apparently a young man who was a very poor student, who never applied himself at school, who ran with the wrong crowd, etc., was forced by his mother to take the college entrance exam in the United States, known as the SAT. He told his mom he didn't want to do it, and it was a waste of time, and so on, and so on, and so on, but he did it anyway. He took the test and he felt he did very poorly. Well, several weeks go by and he gets a letter in the mail with his results from the SAT test. He opened it up and he found out he received a 1480 out of 1600. This result puts him in the top 1% of people applying for university in the United States. He's really surprised. His mother is even more surprised. She assumes he cheated. <laughs> she, she, he tells her, he says, I, Ma, I tried to cheat, but there were too many people watching and it was too hard to cheat on this test. So I just took it. Anyway, with this information, he figures out, hey, actually I'm pretty smart. So he figures smart kids go to class. So he starts going to class. Then he figures, well, smart kids apply themselves. So he started applying himself. He figures smart kids study, so he starts studying, even though his grades were a complete disaster. He graduates high school, even though he was planning on dropping out. Then he goes to community college, or what Australians call TAFE, because his grades weren't good enough to get into university, even with these phenomenal test scores. After a little bit in community college, he gets his grades up enough to go to university. He graduates from university near the top of his class and becomes a very, very successful magazine entrepreneur. Years later, a letter comes in the mail from Princeton, New Jersey, which is where the SAT test results are complied and disseminated. It seems that every once in a while, the company that administers the SAT does an audit, and they found out that the year that he took it, there were a few people that actually received the wrong results. He was actually one of those people. His score was literally half of what he was told. What did he and what do we learn from this? Well, one thing we learn is if we think we can succeed, it sure looks like we can. If we make an effort, we can perhaps reach our objectives. If we act like we're successful, we can become successful. This has been borne out by multiple studies. One example of a study that's even more dramatic of what we can achieve if we have belief was conducted by Harvard researcher and psychologist, Dr. Langer, and was done with overweight maids. 67% of these test subjects did not consider themselves physically active, even though their physical activity exceeded the minimum amount recommended by the Surgeon General to lose weight. Dr. Sanger took the maids' physical measurements and told half of them that they were exceeding the amount of exercise they needed to have to lose weight. The other 50% were told nothing. After one month, Dr. Langer's team took the measurements once again on blood pressure, weight, and waist to hip ratio. Remarkably, the group that was told they were exceeding the amount of exercise needed to lose weight, even though they never changed anything in their daily life, had a decrease in blood pressure, weight, and waist-to-hip ratio. The other group that was not told they should be losing weight because they were exceeding the exercise they needed to lose weight had zero significant change in any of their measurements. Dr. Langer associates this change in the result in merely a change of mindset. 
Yet another study done at Stanford by Dr. Spiegel took a study of 86 women in the late stages of breast cancer. The group was split into two. One group only received the prescribed medical care. The other group received the same medical care and weekly support sessions with other patients in a positive, supportive environment. The conclusion drawn from the study was, and the statistics in the study supported the fact that the women who were in the support group survived twice as long as those who were not in the support group. A similar study was repeated in 1999 with the same results. So what do we learn here? Well, it seems kind of obvious. Henry Ford said, if you think a thing can be done and you think a thing can't be done, you're right either way. This is a message that is not new. The emperor of Rome from 121 to 180, Marcus Aurelius said, our life is what our thoughts make it. Even further back in time, over 2,500 years ago in the Old Testament, we are told as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. We also learn that there are two kinds of people in the world and two kinds of people listening to this message. One who will think they can't do it, they can't succeed, that it's not worth the effort and it can't be done. And the other one that believes it can be done. They can and will get the results they want and they will be successful regardless of the obstacles. The question is, as always, which one are you?